0: Again, we have Brother John Kemper here today, so come ahead, Mr. Kemper. Again, I thank you for the opportunity to be with you again. I'll get that out of the way. It looks me right right in the face. But anyway, it's good to be here. If you're talking about John Acker to be here, to come here, we can recommend him very highly. He's a great young man that uh, I've been known for several years, and he and his young family are very good people. We want to turn to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. We want to talk about the wise men and the star. They are the center of chapter 2. The wise man and the star. Though there are a number of other people involved in it. There's uh, the wise men. There is Jesus, Herod, the chief priests, the scribes, Joseph and Mary, the angels who spoke to Joseph, the prophet Micah, Rachel weeping, the children who were murdered by Herod, and then the prophets Jeremiah and Hosea. All of these are mentioned in chapter 2 of Matthew. It's a great portion of Scripture. Let's begin with verse 1. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Herod was king of Israel, and so here to find out that a a young man a, a new king had been born and it caused him very great trouble in verse 4 and when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together he demanded of them where Christ should be born and they said unto him in bethlehem of judea for thus it is written in the prophet and thou bethlehem in the land of judah art not the least among the princes of judah for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently. That word diligently is used three times in this chapter. Inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when ye have found him, bring me word again, that I may come and worship him. When they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped Him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto Him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And so those are the three gifts that the wise men came and brought brought to them. And I don't have the book here, but uh, turn to number 206 in your hymnal. Now, I'm not going to sing. <laughs> we'll read that, that verse. But 206 where it talks about the angels from the realms of glory. And the third stanza of that hymn sums up in a great way exactly what chapter 2 is talking about. The third stanza of number 206 is, Sages, leave your contemplations, brighter visions beam afar, seek the great desire of nations, ye have seen his natal star. And the writer of that hymn got really gri- gripped uh, what uh, the coming of the wise men were all about. Called them sages. Well, they were very excellent, capable men. And that's why they're called wise men. He said, leave your contemplations. In other words, they're, they're thinking and they're planning and they're looking at that star and figuring on it. He said, brighter visions beam afar. Well, of course, that's over in Bethlehem. Seek ye the great desire of nations—that, of course, is the Lord Jesus Christ. Ye have seen His natal star; that's the star that shone over Bethlehem the night He was born. And so, what a great portion of Scripture that is! Well, I would—I would sing that, but it'd be better—you'd rather me read it. I preached uh, several years ago. I preached a, a sermon, and there was a song that went along with it. And so I said to the people, I said, I'm going to sing a few words of that song. And so as we came to that point, I sang a few notes from that song. And uh, one lady that uh, came up to me afterwards, she said, well, that was okay, what you sang, but don't give up your day job. (laughs) And so I preached preached her funeral, I had a message in her funeral here just a few weeks ago and uh, she's uh, one that was very well liked, a member of our church for many years, and uh, one that we miss indeed. But anyway, uh, that's a comment she made which we understood. Uh, Number four here, concerning the wise men and the star, there are four prophecies written in this chapter. The first one is Micah 5.2, which we just read about but thou Bethlehem Ephratah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah. This is writing, uh, quoting directly from Micah, and here in uh, in chapter two, uh, it's it's spoken of a little bit different in uh, verse six. But uh, anyway, that's the uh, from trans, transferring from the Hebrew to the Greek. Well, that's what they were uh, mentioning. It's a little di- shows a little different. But thou Bethlehem Ephratah though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet, of, yet out of these shall he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from old, of from everlasting. And so what he was saying here, this person that's coming out of Bethlehem, that small town which was insignificant in Israel, out of that town would come the man who's to be ruler in Israel. And that's where Jesus was born in Bethlehem, and so also it mentions that his goings forth have been from of old from everlasting, and what those words are saying, he is God, he was here before the universe was was created, he is the eternal God. so that's one of the prophecies that was is here in chapter two. The second one is hosea eleven one which says when Israel was a child, then I loved him and called my son out of Egypt. We'll have more to say about that later. The third one is Jeremiah 31:15, which says, Thus saith the Lord, A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentations and bitter weeping, Rahel weeping for her children, refused to be comforted for her children because they were not. And... She refused to be comforted. And the the prophecy was made about her, Jeremiah, about her weeping. And of course the women wept there in Bethlehem because that wicked, ungodly Herod sent and because the wise men were warned, don't go back to Herod because he wants to kill the the newborn babe who is to be the king. Then they went back another way. And when Herod, when he realized that, that they hadn't come back to him, As it says here that when he saw he was mocked of the wise men, they said, Fella, you don't mean that much to us. We're going another way. Well, then uh, he he sent his soldiers to Bethlehem and killed all the babies from two years of age and under. Now, it doesn't say here just the boys, but I assume that he wanted to make sure he got the boys to get that one boy that was born to be ruler in Israel. And so... What an evil, wicked man Herod was. But anyway, Rachel was weeping. The women were weeping. The mothers weeping for their children. And you can imagine, those of you who are mothers and any parents, how that would be what to have that soldier come in and grab that child and run a sword through that child and kill him right there in your presence. What a terrible thing that was. Well, these four prophecies reveal hatred and homage exile and exodus, sorrow and song, meanness and majesty. Well, He is the majestic One. Four things I want to bring out here this morning. Four points from chapter 2. First is the sudden appearance of the wise men. Secondly is the stir they caused. Thirdly is the star they followed. And fourthly is the Savior they found. And first, the sudden appearance of the wise men. Everything was going along fine in Israel. Then all of a sudden, here came these wise men. And I'm sure with them, all their servants and uh, soldiers and everything else that came along to protect them. Because they traveled three to five hundred miles, probably from Babylon, over to Jerusalem to to, uh, worship the newborn king. And uh, nobody... And what a shock it must have been to those men when they got to Jerusalem and found out that nobody knew anything about that babe being born. And yet he was born to be the king of Israel. And so the wise men came and very suddenly they showed up at the door just like on the hillside. The angels showed up suddenly to the shepherds and announced to them that the Savior was born in Bethlehem And they went into Bethlehem and found the Lord Jesus and they worshipped Him. So these wise men came to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Who were they? Well, they were from the east. And the east country, some say Saudi Arabia, others say Persia. Most likely it was Babylon because Nebuchadnezzar, when he ruled in Babylon and he, he took Israel captive Then the young men, several young men, he chose them to train them in all the wisdom and knowledge of the Babylonians, of the Chaldeans. And that was, of course, Daniel, and then those who were named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, his three friends. And so they were trained in all the knowledge of the Chaldeans. And what they believed is they were magi or magicians. Now, there are two types of magicians: those who are honest and those who are dishonest who do, to deceive people. Uh, Peter uh, rebuked one, and Paul did another one and rebuked them because of their deception. But these wise men they were men they were magi, magi it was called magi because they believed the Word of God and knew what who God was and they uh, they were thinkers. They analyzed the events of history. No doubt they were counselors and teachers of the things that they knew. They were outstanding in Babylon. And so they were astronomers likewise. They studied the stars and the planets. And that's why all of a sudden they saw that bright star appear. Now all the stars are in the uh, the universe, or go in their courses, but they this star all of a sudden appeared and so they studied that star and they knew it had to signal a great event that was taking place in Israel. And so they studied that. And uh, uh, that's where the, uh, uh, the the writer of the song we just pointed out wrote, Sages, Leave Your Contemplation. They were people who thought and Th- Analyzed things and figured things out, and they said that star has to be of the Savior, that's uh, and the new King born to Israel, and so they concluded that no doubt they had the Bible, but in the, uh, how much they knew from the Bible, they knew that there was to become a star out of Jacob, because uh, uh, they were the the prophets had uh, prophesied that there would come a star out of Jacob and he would be ruler in Israel. And so they knew that. However, they did not know where he was to be born. And so they went to Jerusalem, the capital city, to ask there where the, the new king, young king, had been born. And they were no doubt shocked to find out that nobody knew anything about this young king that was born. Paul in Athens on Mars Hill in Acts chapter 17 when he was in Athens he saw all the idolatry and he was moved in his spirit because of all the idolatry. He saw this one uh, altar that said to the unknown God and he was, began to, to teaching in the synagogues and in the marketplaces and tell them about the Word of God and about Jesus Christ the Savior of the world and his resurrection from the dead. And so they hadn't heard that. They brought him up to uh, Eropocos, which was on Mars Hill. And you could stand there on Eropocos. had the privilege of being there a couple of times. And look up and there is the temple of Athena, the main goddess that the Athenians uh, worshipped. They had built a temple to her. And so Paul, they brought him and they they took him to Eropocos and saying... May we know what this new doctrine is, whereof thou speakest. And Paul there on Mars Hill, he preached to them Jesus Christ and the resurrection from the dead. And they had never heard anything like that. Their gods were gods of helpless gods. But this God was one who died for the sins of man and buried in the grave and rose again the third day just like he said he would. And so they want to know more about it. And the philosophers that would meet there and discuss the things, as they mentioned in Acts chapter 17, discuss the different things to learn some new thing. Well, they learned some new thing that day when the Apostle Paul preached to them. Some believed. Some ridiculed. They say, what will this babbler say? And they they, uh, laughed at him. But others believed and followed him and receive Christ as their Savior, because Paul preached that great truth. As in Egypt, where they emphasized the Zodiac, compare the temple. There was a temple south of Cairo that I saw several times, and in the ceiling of that temple are carved all the 12 constellations of the Zodiac in the top of that stone temple and a lot of it was broken down, but that part was still there, and that was an amazing thing. And of course, the Zodiac is an imaginary belt in the heavens uh, containing those 12 constellations. The horoscope, the people who go by horoscopes, they take those uh, constellations, and a horoscope is a pseudoscience. It is a false science. And... uh, I trust you don't go by the horoscope. Some people, they don't really go out in in the morning to, to, to their work until they've read the horoscope and see what it says about what their day is going to be. Well, the horoscope, what that pseudoscience de, uh, says is they determine the destiny of a person uh, by the location of the planets in the heavens at that person's birth. That's why they have those 12 Constellations and the twelve, and uh, all of us are come under one of those different uh, constellations. And uh, but we don't we don't go by them and believe at what they say about them. Though sometimes what they say is truth, no doubt about it. But uh, that's not because of the horoscope. That's because the word of God, and we know what the word of God teaches, and so we go by that. Uh, the great pyramid in Egypt could have been used for astronomy, the way it's built. And they, they, they built a thing, you, you get into this grand gallery and the sides of it go up like this and then they come out and go up further, and they come together and go up further so that at one time, they possibly could have gotten down there and looked up through there and would see the stars. Even in the daytime, they could see the stars because of the way that was built. Later on, it was built encased by Cheops for a tomb to be buried in, but he was never buried there. There's a sarcophagus in the king's room, but they found nobody in it. But anyway, the Great Pyramid could have been for astronomers. These wise men would have been astronomers, not astrologists. The astrologists are the ones who come up with the horoscope and go by that the star they saw suddenly appeared in the west, causing them to know that an unusual event was taking place in Israel. And so as they studied that, and how long they studied it, we don't know, because Jesus was about closer to two years old when they came and worshipped Him in the house, and found Him in the house and worshipped Him. And He was, uh, because the reason they knew He was closer to two years old, of age because Herod had inquired diligently what time the star appeared and so he knew uh, that the, the children in in Bethlehem were closer, the ones he wanted to kill were closer to two years of age. So he killed all of them from two years of age and under. Now whether he killed the girls I don't know, but that's the kind of man he would be. He'd just kill them all. So make sure he got them. Of course He can't do what God plans to be done, and that is kill the Messiah, the Son of God. He couldn't do that. And of course, the angel had had spoken to Joseph to take Mary and the child and go down into Egypt and be there until Herod was dead. Now, Egypt was a place that God spared Israel a number of times. And he brought them out of Egypt. And that's why... Uh, Hosea mentions that that uh, that God brought and he referred to Israel as His son, bringing them out. And of course, then here the Holy Spirit said that means the Lord Jesus Christ. Here in in Matthew chapter two and verse six, and so He said that means the Lord Jesus was the one that uh, the son, or not not in here in uh, chapter two and uh, verse six, but in Hosea where Hosea said it. Anyway the uh uh joseph took the uh and uh, they studied for a time and they no doubt had had some maybe revelations from god concerning what the future was because when they were leaving town the bethlehem they were warned of god in a dream and so they were used to god speaking to them and so that's when he warned them don't go back to herod but go back to uh, Home another way, and that's what they did. And that's what provoked Herod in a bigger way. Moses was trained in all the wisdom and knowledge of Egypt. Daniel and his friends as I mentioned, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were trained in all the knowledge of the Chaldeans. They were very wise men. And Daniel could answer the problems that the king and the people of Chaldea and Babylon had and the experiences they had when none of the other wise men could. There was one time when Nebuchadnezzar, he had a dream, and because the wise men that were there, he didn't call Daniel first, and because the wise, wise men couldn't answer his dream, tell him what that dream was, he said, well, I'm going to kill them all then if they can't tell me what, what a dream was. If you dream a dream, and you tell me you had a dream, and ask me to tell you what that dream was, there's no way I could do it. There's no way anybody could do it. And those wise men said, we can't know what you dream. But then they, they, he heard that there was Daniel and Daniel could understand dreams and prophecies. And so he called Daniel in and Daniel saved all those wise men. And <clears throat> Daniel came in and Daniel told, uh, the, told Nebuchadnezzar exactly what he had dreamed and what that dream meant. And of course, Nebuchadnezzar was very greatly impressed Daniel was a wise man in Babylon. The wise men, with their knowledge, could have studied the Old Testament to conclude that the star signaled the birth of Israel's king. But they did not know where he was born in Israel. This is why they went to the capital city, as I mentioned before. And when they came, they found out nobody knew anything about him being born. This brings me to the second point the stir those wise men called caused Herod got very upset and was very troubled when they came and told him that a baby had been born in Israel who was to be ruler in Israel to be the king of Israel well king Herod known as Herod the great he said I'm the king and he was very upset about that that's why he wanted to get rid of that king and of course he would not have lived long enough for that child to grow up and be king, become king anyway. But nevertheless, that's the kind of man he was. The scribes, the Pharisees, the chief priests, and all Jerusalem, the Scripture says, were upset about that. And they didn't know what all was going on. Herod knew who to ask. And he asked the, the, the uh, chief priests and the scribes, he said, where is this young young king to be born? And they told him, they went right to Micah five two, and said, in Bethlehem of Judea. And so he got the wise men aside and talked with them. And he said, and he diligently inquired of them what time the star appeared. And then deceitfully he said, you go and find, search diligently and find where this baby is. And then you come and let me know that I may come and worship him. Of course, he wasn't going to go and worship him. He was going to go and kill him. It was his plan. And that's what God warned the wise men of as they left Bethlehem. King Herod, he he was an Edomite, uh, descended from Esau. He was also part Jew. And so that's why he was a king in Israel. He was a great builder. He built uh, many things, uh, buildings in Israel including the third temple that was on the Temple Mount when Jesus was born and Jesus was preaching. Then uh, he was exceedingly wicked and killed some of his wives and his sons. Caesar, who was the chief uh, uh, ruler in Roman Empire, Caesar said of Herod, it was better to be Herod's hog than his son, because Herod, as a Jew, wouldn't touch a hog but he would kill his sons and his wives. And Adam Clark, in his commentary, names those ten wives that Herod had and tells about them. And, of course, it would be too extensive to go into detail on that. But uh, tells about them and how how Herod treated them. Ten wives he had. And so uh, God warned these wise men not to return to Herod. And so they went on their way back home. These wise men, no doubt, they were wealthy people. They wouldn't be just riding three camels out there across the desert by themselves. They would have had servants with them. They no doubt had uh, soldiers for security. They had to take all their food along because there wasn't a McDonald's along the way that they could stop and eat or anything like that. There were not places that they could stop and uh, inns, there might have been some inns along the way that they could stay overnight. But they probably carried their tents along with them. So that had to be a great uh, movement of people coming from Babylon going to Jerusalem. And that probably uh, shocked the uh, uh, Herod and his crowd when they saw all that uh, people come. But those three wise men were the ones he wanted to talk about. And so this, when Herod, because they went back another way, he went and killed all the children in Bethlehem from two years of age and under uh, to according as he had diligently inquired of the wise men. And so this fulfilled Jeremiah's prophecy in chapter 31, verse 15 about Rachel weeping and the mothers weeping for their children. That he, But he could not kill the Messiah. How foolish are men to think that they can eliminate what God wants us to do to know, and to have. Anyway, Joseph was told to take Mary and the child into Egypt to preserve them. And then he came back again after Herod was dead. And God dismisses Herod in verse 19 of chapter 2 with just five words. It says, but when Herod was dead. And the God dismisses him just like that. He might have been a great king and worshipped and honored greatly in Israel, But God dismissed him with five words. Herod wanted a burial place, his burial place to be hidden. But here a few years ago, they found that burial place and it's on the Herodium, which is outside of Jerusalem. They've been there a couple of times and it's flat on top and you drive up there. And I looked down one time and here was a a man with his donkey and a a single share plow driving, uh, digging among the rocks and the dirt uh, to plant something, I suppose, he was doing there. But that was at the Herodium. And that's where Herod was buried. And they found his tomb here just a few years ago. This brings me again... There were Well, one other thing. <clears throat> there were six Herods, but we won't, don't have time to go into those Herods. We now come to the star that those wise men followed. Stars mentioned 67 times in the Bible. This star suddenly appeared as the angel suddenly appeared to the shepherds. These stargazing magi may have known about the Old Testament prophecy from Numbers twenty-four seventeen, which said that the star, there would be a star out of Jacob and he said, I shall see him, but not now, I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and shall smite the corners of Moab, and destroy all the children of Sheth. That was spoken of all people by Balaam, who was a false prophet that tried to cause Israel to be destroyed And because Balak wanted to be, but God overruled with what Balak prophesied and he had to prophesy the truth. And what a great truth that was about the star coming out of Jacob, which was none other than the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. And so, uh, the, uh, the star out of Jacob, uh, the star is mentioned four times in Matthew 4. As you read this Scripture, you find the star is mentioned four times. These Magi, uh, they were used to observing the stars but here, and the stars of course, are go in their circuit they're in they're in their course, and the north star is the center of the universe and so that's why you can look in the uh, to the north and you find the center the, the north star there but the these stars stay in their circuits, but this star was one that all of a sudden appeared and it could move so it was an unusual star, and those star gazing Magi, those astronomers realized this meant something interesting was happening in Israel, and they concluded that it was the king that uh, Balaam talked about in Numbers chapter. uh, Let's see what where I had it here. Numbers anyway, Numbers twenty four seventeen is where he mentioned that, and uh, they they knew that it was the king that was born in Israel. And so that's why they came. And when they came they, to Israel, they, uh, uh, they, they lost a star somewhere along the way because they didn't see it in Jerusalem. They didn't see it maybe before they got to Israel. All of a sudden, they couldn't see it. Well, it was over Bethlehem, which is about six miles from Jerusalem. Anyway, they came to Jerusalem and they found that nobody knew anything about a star Nobody knew anything about a baby being born who was to be king. And so as a result, they, uh, they were probably a little bit confused, but they were glad when the scribes said to them, he's to be born in Bethlehem of Judea. And so they, after they talked with Herod and left talking with him, they were glad to be able to go over to uh, uh, Bethlehem, the six miles. And as soon as they left Jer- Jerusalem, all of a sudden there was a star again and the Bible says here they rejoiced greatly when they saw that star again because that's what they had come all those hundreds of miles to see the location of that star. And so they went to the very spot that the star showed them and when this brings us to the, not only the, the star but also brings us to the point of the Savior they found. The angels are not uh, the uh, angels are not spoken of as stars. You remember the angel appeared to Joseph the angel uh, reminded uh, warned the wise men not to go back to Herod. These are not stars, they were angels. Amos exhorts Israel to seek him, that is the Lord, that maketh the seven stars of Orion. Orion is a part of the twelve constellations that the zodiac goes by. And anyway, in Greek mythology, Orion was the great hunter. Well, of course, that's not according to what God says. But uh, anyway, God says to Amos that uh, he, he made the seven stars of Orion. Many uh, There are preachers who take those constellations and they see in that the gospel in the stars. And they have written books about that. That's a whole other message in, in itself. But in Second Peter one nineteen, Peter talks about the day star, and Peter in uh, also in uh, mentioned to uh, in Second Peter one about how that he and James and John went upon the Mount of Transfiguration and they had this great experience and they saw the Lord Jesus transfigured. He literally became a bright and shining person, and it appeared to them. Uh, uh, Moses and Elijah talking with him and they heard the voice of God speak to them from heaven and Peter said that was a tremendous experience and he mentions that in Second in Peter chapter 1 but then he goes down in verse 19 he, he says but we have a more sure word of prophecy in other words we have the word of God and let people talk about their experiences all they want the Word of God is what we go by. It's not experiences. And maybe you've had an experience with the Lord that is unusual, but that is not the truth that we go by. We go by the Word of God. There was, uh, when I was in Bible college, I read meters for public service company. I worked for them when I got saved in Brush, Colorado. And then I uh, went to, uh, uh, into the manager to tell him I was going to go to Bible college. Go up and move up to Denver to Bible College. And he said, well, let me, let me think of it here a little bit. but Maybe we can find you a place in Denver. And they did. They found me a job in Denver at the same wages I was getting. And every, all the benefits. And uh, that was reading meters. I could go to college in, in the morning. And then in the afternoon, I would read meters for public service. That was a very good job indeed. But in the... In, uh, I would have opportunities to witness to people and talk to them about the Lord and mention how they, they could be saved by knowing Jesus. And One time I taught, saw this lady and uh, she was there with her daughter. She was an older lady and she was kind of had her cane and her daughter was holding on to her arm and she was telling me and I, I, I guess I must have mentioned to her asked her if she was saved if she knew who Jesus was and that he had been saved uh, crucified on Calvary, and He rose on the third day. She said, well, I know I'm saved. She says, I got it. She said, and she told an experience. She said, one day, I was there close, close by the clothesline, and I saw this ball of fire come down, and it rode that clothesline right down, and all of a sudden, it hit me, and I got it. And that's the way I know I'll be in heaven when I die. Well, I usually ask them, do you know if you die today, would you be in heaven Well, her proof of being in heaven was that ball of fire. Her daughter stood there and looked at me as if to say, you don't believe a word of this, do you? And of course, I didn't. I mean, uh, how foolish people are. We're not saved by experience. We're not going to heaven by some uh, uh, experience we we might have. We go to heaven because we receive Jesus Christ as personal Savior. These wise men studied astronomy. Astronomy means star and the word nomus which means law. It means a system of laws or the science of the stars and the, uh, the planets. So they well knew what all the stars meant. And they had watched the stars. But when this bright star suddenly appeared, they knew it had to be different. It was something unusual and they concluded it, it was proof that the King of Israel had been born back in 1984, and of course you talk about the stars. and talk about the astral and the, uh, the game of Dungeons and Dragons back in the early 80s or through the 80s. Talked about astral projection. Well, there were two brothers, 12 and uh, 16 years of age in Lafayette that were going wanted to go project themselves out into the universe by this astral projection. And they were studying that in Dungeons and Dragons, which is the devil's uh, game that they came up with. It's not of God. But anyway, they, those two boys took a 22 pistol with them down under the trestle there in East Lafayette. And together, they put them, got themselves their legs together and the younger one shot the older one, the 16-year-old, and then turned the gun on himself. And uh, I had their funeral there in the church. And it was, the church was filled with teenagers from the high school there. And uh, those teenagers were the ones who said that those boys were into that astral projection, the, uh, something that the devil's come up with. But they, he calls them to shoot, to kill themselves. Unfortunately, they had never received Christ as Savior. And I preached the gospel that day and a bunch of teenagers and some teachers and some policemen were there in, that, in the auditorium that day and heard the gospel about that. And I mentioned that the uh, Dungeons and Dragons was a devilish delusion. And that was quoted three ways in three different papers. But anyway, in early times, the Mariners used the Mariners' compass before it was invented or before the Mariners' compass was invented to to they they went by the stars and they studied their course and they steered their ships by the stars we have a greater guide and that is the more sure word that peter preached of spoke of this blessed book right here is the our guide not a star not the stars but the word of god which peter said we have a more sure word that brings us to the lastly to the last point the savior they found the star led them to Bethlehem and not to a stable but to the house. And there in Bethlehem, they bowed the knee and worshipped that young child. They were worshipping the future king of Israel and they believed in him to be the savior of the world. They presented him gold, frankincense and myrrh. I would have the deacons in the morning service for a number of years there would read the scripture before I preached and this one deacon read this portion of Scripture here, and he mentioned this way about the wise men. He said, The wise men offered him gold and Frankenstein and myrrh. And I just about burst out laughing while he was reading that. He went right on reading the rest of it. He never even realized what he said. I told him later, I said, Instead of saying Frankenstein, you said Frankenstein. He said, Oh, no, I didn't. So I let it drop there. But anyway, that was... A comical thing in his reading the scripture that day. The people of the east never approached a king or a high person of high position without bringing a gift to them. These wise men knew that they were approaching the king of Israel, that young child, and so they brought him those gifts. Let you and I give give to God, give to him, Jesus, the incense of prayer the gold of loyal obedience, and the myrrh of thanksgiving for His great sacrifice. How we can thank God for a great Savior. They left Babylon hundreds of miles away and traveled who knows how long uh, of weeks, how many weeks it took them to travel across there. And they came to uh, Jerusalem to ask where that baby had been born. And the scribes said He would be born in Bethlehem. And the odd thing is that as those scribes of those wise men left to go to Bethlehem, not one single scribe or Jew or king or anybody in Jerusalem went with them down there to see that king that was born. How foolish they were to think to, to these wise men came hundreds of miles to worship the king born in Israel, and the Jews could have cared less about it. Well, of course, they were afraid of Herod. Well, in uh, the last thing we mentioned here, in the last verse of chapter 2, if you'd like to look at that, and it says, when Joseph came back from, from Egypt, he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. When they called the people from Nazareth a Nazarene, that was a, a a word of reproach. They they didn't they didn't respect them at all. And when uh, the Jesus was selecting his disciples to be the apostles, one told uh, they told Nathaniel about Jesus. They said uh, in John one forty six, Nathaniel to Nathaniel, they said, "We found the Messiah. is Jesus of Nazareth." And Nathanael's answer was, "Can any good thing come out of Nazareth?" And later on, when Nicodemus rebuked the rulers who wanted to, uh, to who wanted to were against his uh, Jesus, they said to him, they ridiculed him and said, "Search and look, for out of Nazareth, out of Galilee, ariseth no prophet." In other words, they had concluded that from Galilee and from is from Nazareth. There couldn't be a prophet come out of there. But the greatest prophet that ever entered the world came from Nazareth in Galilee. And that was Jesus Christ. And he gathered to himself a, a number of men that he made apostles. And they were there. And one of them, though, however, the one was not a believer. That was Judas. And those apostles were the ones who took the gospel out from Jerusalem out into the regions beyond and even to United States of America came the gospel because those apostles believed that Jesus died for their sins on Calvary and rose again the third day from the grave just as He said He would. And when He arose, He appeared to them and showed Himself to them and then commissioned them to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And that commission that was given to those apostles that day there in Jerusalem on the Mount of Olives when Jesus, just before Jesus ascended into heaven, that uh, gospel was sent to all the nations of the world and has come to the United States of America. And you and I have been saved because people believed the gospel and brought their message to us And we were born again by believing that Jesus is the Messiah, the Savior of the world, and that He will give eternal life to every person that repents of their sin and calls upon Him and asks Him to save them. Do you believe? If there's anyone here not saved, He will save you today. We urge you to consider the claims of Jesus that He died for you and will save you and give you eternal life. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your precious Word and the truths of Your Word. Thank You for the privilege of being able to preach Your Word. And Father, thank You that we can study Your Word and go by it every day of the week. We pray that You would bless this church. Bless as they call a new pastor. And Lord, may he be the one that You have chosen and lead this church in a great way. And Father, use them mightily in reaching souls in Uh, here in Akron and in the areas around for the Lord Jesus Christ. Bless their missionaries that they support. We ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen.